0: Welcome to the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. My name is Colby Drost. I'm the president and founder. Paragon Sports Consulting is a player advising firm helping players of the ages of 14 to 20 navigate their path to college hockey. Today, uh, we have Scott Barney, the head coach, GM of the Humboldt Broncos. Uh, Scott played in the OJHL, OHL played uh, 19 years of professional hockey across 10 different countries um, and even played in 27. 27- NHL games. Uh, He began coaching Humboldt in 2018 19, took over as the head coach during that season, Um, was also part of the staff of the 2019 World Junior A Challenge Team West. Uh, Scott,
1: how's it going? It's going, good Colby? Great to be on here and and chat about our program and and some hockey.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. And obviously, um, like every guest we have, we're just trying to learn about uh, leagues and organizations and how things work. Um, Obviously, You guys are, are well known, for obviously, for being a good organization, but also because of the tragedy that happened there, um, uh, the tragic bus crash. How are things going? Uh, obviously, uh, it was a huge movement in the hockey community and a lot of support. Um, how are things going today as the community continues to uh, heal and, and grow?
1: Yeah, definitely things will never be forgotten. That's for sure, right? And same when we come to the rink, we try to play, play for those, those players that were here and coaching staff and trainers, right? And. Obviously, they're healing the best they can, and, and the families in that. And uh, you know, for us, we just try to put a put a good product on here every every night, and hopefully, uh, can honor them any way we can here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think too, um, you know, it's it's like I said, it'll always be something there, and it's left its mark. But uh, hopefully, every day is there's steps and and uh, ways to kind of remember all the people that were lost or, or injured and that kind of thing. Um, but moving into where you guys, uh, began coaching and obviously coming in and ending up coaching in Humboldt. I mean, talk about your playing career, you know, why you began coaching and I guess how you ended up in Humboldt, uh, you know, coaching in your first, I guess, coaching gig.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like obviously hey, I have had a, had a long career and, and missed some time there at a junior with a, with a back injury for three years and didn't know if I was going to be able to play again. But, uh, you know what, once you, you have that, uh, that firing you to play, you just miss being in that room, that camaraderie with the with the players, right? So it kind of kept kept burning at me and ended up coming back and, and having a long career. And like you said, played in, in, in various different countries in, in the American Hockey League and in some games in NHL. And and I know even the last five or six years, uh, you know, teammates and coaches I kept asking, you know, you got to get involved with coaching and, and this and that. And, I know for me at first, I kind of just wanted to get get away from hockey maybe and just kind of let my family and kids kind of, you know, they were starting school and, and kind of just get back to our own little reality f- for a bit. But just, you know what, I, lo- I love hockey. I'm passionate about it. And then uh, all of a sudden there after my uh, my last year playing and was, uh, you know, and enough people kind of bugged me to, to get into that. So I put my name in there for an assistant coach with the Broncos and obviously after the tragic bus crash and we've all been on the, on the bus as many times and uh, you know what, it's a very, very sad. And, and, you know, I wanted to give back and obviously talked to my wife about it. And uh, obviously she's, you know, what, she's a big supporter of me and why I've, I've be able to play that long and obviously get into coaching now. And, and uh, she's like, you know what, go for it. And so, you know, I jumped in with that as the assistant coach there and then, and then uh, got into the, the, the head coaching and GM position and, And then we kind of are here where we are there. And like last year, we kind of went through a, basically, uh, like I said, the SJHL is a, is an older league and uh, we went uh, with a young team, but we can get into that later there. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think talking about the SJHL, like, you know, give us,
0: you know, obviously, you know, age of the league, you kind of touched on that, but geography of the league for people that aren't familiar with it, even Canadians, maybe, maybe they're from Ontario, from Western Canada, British Columbia, or even Americans. Like, you know, describe kind of what you would generalize the cal- caliber of play. You know, is it, you know, like in the NA, there's some things where they say, hey, it's heavy, it's hard. You know, south divisions is different from the east. Um, anything you can touch on about the, ty- the type of play and, and kind of the location of, and how the divisions are set up?
1: Yeah, so obviously we got, uh, we have 12 teams, right? And and there's, there's no nights off in this league. And I'm from Ontario, right? And I never really knew a lot about the league. And you I've know. had... I've had friends that play over here in, in Saskatchewan before, and it's it's a high level league, right? And it's uh, you know what, from the from the top team right down to the team that that finishes in twelfth, it's there's no uh, there's no nights off, and uh, you know travel wise, obviously there's one team in in Manitoba, so it's from for us here in Humble, it's about about a five hour bus ride, right? so it's not too bad. And then same the other way, uh, more toward the south, you have like Estevan, it's about another it's about a four hour. So there's not really a lot of long trips, and there's not many. Many nights where you're you're on the bus for ten twelve hours like you do in many many spots and I've done it before in Europe and, and in North America and uh, you know some of those that get long right especially you had the schooling in for the sure. for the kids as well and and uh, you know for me I, I think it's it's one of the best leagues in in in, uh, in Canada and, and I compare it really close to the AJHL and obviously AJ has uh, you know you get your Spruce Groves and your Sherwood Parks and your Brooks that are really really high end programs in Okotoks and I just find, like, our, our uh, compete level every night is, is very high, uh, lots of energy. It's an older league, per se. Uh, we can carry eight 20-year-olds, where most leagues now carry six or seven. Uh, and you'll see 80% of teams carrying those eight 20-year-olds. So, kind of, it hurts a little bit to the younger talent. But uh, I know, for, like, for us last year, for example, we went with a really young team. And we were the first, we were the only team to start with uh, two Two sixteen year olds two two thousand three born uh players right and we had uh we had another two two thousand twos and we had uh i believe it was fifteen or sixteen oh ones and we only carried two nineteen year olds and two twenty year olds so we went with a, a kind of different approach and you know what it's helped us a lot here as far as uh building blocks towards uh this season and and I'm sure many teams had us not finishing too high, but you know what you can get the right kids in the right program and uh and that's the biggest thing that's one thing I want to talk about is just getting it's just going to the right programs right and that's uh, that's the big thing for the players as well.
0: I think too like you hitting on how you guys were younger than most teams in your league um, and, and kind of coming back to that limited travel where you guys are maybe only four or five hours on average of a bus. How do you see that helping especially younger kids with their development? I mean does that give you guys more obviously more time to rest, more time on ice, more time to kind of you know put the work in Monday to Friday?
1: yeah for sure like like an example there like say we played on the weekend right and and you know what you know you can come kind of monday you can get your workout in and and we have the schools right attached the high schools attached right to the to the arena here right and we also have a a university that's about uh like a community college that offers university courses for the u of s that's literally like a three-minute drive down the street which the broncos are big big on having our guys in school so continue to get your, your university degree as you're waiting to, to move on and take some courses. And uh, you know what, for us, it's, you know what, we, we practice, it's like a, it's like a pro, pro mentality. Uh, you know what, the guys uh, take their first couple classes in the morning, uh, come over, we get a workout in around, uh, around uh, 10 o'clock. We'll watch some video that morning. Uh, I'm big on, on showing video, not long sessions, like maybe five to seven minutes. It'll be based on what we're practicing that day. And then we'll put our game plan in, into place as well. Uh, after that, then obviously we'll go on to the ice and some guys will do the workout before some guys will do it after and then kind of go on as the week goes along. We want to be in the gym, at least, at least three or four days a week leading up in, into the game so that we're ready to go. And uh, I think a big thing for our, our uh, team last year was, was the condition that we were in, which helped us win a lot of games where a lot of teams probably thought maybe we'd roll over. So it was a, uh, A big part of our success, but you know, Humble's a really strong community here. We got six thousand people. We I think we averaged just under a thousand fans a game last year, and uh, like you said, that travel's been good. Like, there's a lot of teams an hour away, two hours away. You know, two and a half, three hours. Like five is the most for us, which is which is nice, right? So,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure, and I think. Uh, kind of coming full circle on the league. I mean, every year I saw it when my time in, in Dubuque and college, and, and and even now, there's always Division One commitments, uh, a lot of Division Three CIS commitments. Maybe talk about the overall exposure players should expect, um, and obviously, you know, the constant that as a player being you know good enough and, and obviously developing. But uh, but also touch on, you know, I know the league always has a showcase. Um, you know, talk about that, and also explain for a lot of people. I don't I don't know how many are familiar, but. You guys have that
1: SJHL-MJHL crossover event. Maybe just touch on those for for people. Yeah, I think the league's done a great job here. I know since I've been involved in that, you know what? They've they've done a great job of, of marketing the league, marketing the players, right? And and it's been a hard hard sell there, I think, for years. I think it's getting some of maybe as colleges down. It's a little cold there sometimes in Saskatchewan in the winter, yeah. right? But uh, I think the yeah. league's really taken a lot of step ups and st- a lot of steps forward. And uh, I think you're going to see, I think, a continuous growth of, of scholarships coming from, from this league. And, and like, like you said, we have that showcase usually at the beginning of the season. It's usually in, uh, in Saskatoon. So every team will play two games there in, uh, in that arena in Saskatoon. So all the universities can come, come congregate into to one rank, And, you know, I and see you play at least twice there. And then, uh, so it's early in the season, so they can kind of maybe get their eyes on a certain guys. And then in January, they run a showcase with the MJ where they have there's three teams. So there'll be two, two teams of, uh, of players who are are 19 and 20. And then there's a team of, uh, players that are probably 16, 17, 18, and they'll play, uh, head to head against an MJ team. So it's, it's been good that way far as not usually in Regina and they've done a great job marketing that as well. And I think it's, it's, it's helping a lot. Get some guys, you know, get some guys that extra look, right. Where, where teams just, uh, Maybe not flying in or, or, or something else is going on, and they've done a good job now too, as far as trying to get some of the, some of the video footage of the games a lot higher quality. I know us here in Humboldt is probably one of the, one of the better ones in, in the league to watch, and I think a lot of schools end up tuning into it, but you know what they're always looking to, to, to take the next step, and I think they've done a great job if you compare other leagues uh, as far, far as doing that kind of, that kind of work.
0: Yeah, I think too, like what you hit on with kind of schools being able to come into one rank, check everybody out, make maybe that one or two trips if there's someone they're interested in. And then they have that, you know, that kind of, the, if they want to make it their last trip at SKMJ event. I know there were, there was a guy or two that got scholarships out of that. I mean, I had a player who uh, got a scholarship out of it. So, um, and people who I don't think realize it's, it's what with division one, division three, because you're putting basically all the best players in one rank, you know, uh, but um, I think it, they've been uh, great events and, and great things that they've added. So you've kind of hit on, you know, the daily schedule. I mean, maybe talk about more about, um, you know, uh, how many times, like is there opportunity for skill development, personal skill development? Do you guys do small groups? I know you obviously have team practices throughout the week. You know, that strength and conditioning program, do you guys kind of run that on your own or you have a strength and conditioning coach, you know, maybe uh, for guys in college, you know, are there academic? Uh, some, some of the programs, like in the CCHL, have academic counselors, things like that. Maybe just touch on the support staff and, and kind of maybe the, the more personal development opportunities you guys might offer.
1: Yeah, we, we definitely do the, the skills. Uh, we have a skills coach that comes in. Uh, Michael Barlogi runs ICE on Monday mornings and uh, Tuesday, like about uh, 7 a.m., so kind of gets the guys before school. We try to get six and eight players and he has the the pep program He ha, he's all trained in it and, and i let him do it it's something different different voice than having the me and my assistant coach out there on the ice so it's i think it's a it's good as well so players have the opportunity to go out there uh a lot of the same guys kind of get out there it seems like but i think you know what i tell guys take advantage of it right these are things that you can work on your game do different things and he does a great job it's every monday we do it unless we play on tuesdays so it's uh it's, uh, you know, it's, so most Mondays we have, the guys are out there. Usually they have the Sunday off anyways. So uh, they do that. And I think it's been big. We do a lot of split ice sessions where we'll take uh, the D to one end, forwards to the other, even do the centers, working on draws. We feel it's really important This the small, the small parts of the game are usually the biggest parts. And uh, obviously skill development is so big nowadays, we've kind of got to be cognizant of, of not doing too much as well, right? But... Uh, sure run pretty uh, high tempo uh, uh, praxis, 45 minutes, hour 10. We go hard. We're not on the board a lot, drawing. Uh, We try to do as much teaching as we can earlier in the week, and then get more system-based stuff, you know, special teams a little later, and uh, obviously now with special teams, it's so crucial with with the calls that you, you can have during the game. We, we practice special teams almost on a daily basis. Even if it's five minutes, ten minutes, it's, uh, it's important for us. And obviously, we've seen the results last year with a young team and had the second uh, best power play in the league and, and PK was some kind of somewhere in the middle, right? So, But as uh, far as us, sure. like, the, for us, for the education side, it's been a big draw with uh, St. Peter's College. It's about a uh, five-minute uh, drive away here uh, from Humboldt. Uh, U of S, University of Saskatchewan teachers will come down uh, offer the same courses they would at uh, U of S and it's in a smaller base uh, classroom setting. There's probably 30 students instead of being with 500 at the U of S and it's a lot of first year courses. So it's kind of good to get kind of these guys out of high school into these classes and uh, the Broncos uh, are a big pusher on uh, education. And I know for us, you know what, the players pay for the courses and if they pass them, we kind of reimburse that money. And it's a big thing that we've kind of invested into our program is, uh, you know what, hockey's one thing, but uh, without school, it's hard to to move on nowadays, right? So that's been a big thing. And obviously, we have some tutors in town if if players need help or assistance. And uh, we have the high school connected right to the rink. Uh, Sean Gardner does a great job. Both his sons played in the Western Hockey League, one over in, in, in Europe now. Uh, he understands the, the gruel, grueling schedule and they, they work with our players uh, really closely. And obviously, hey, if we're away, say in Flynn Fun on a Friday night, Friday, and they have a big test, obviously they kind of let them do it on a Monday, right? So it's, uh, sure. it's been a good relationship there. Uh, like I said, we have, uh, it's a great community here. People really want to help you out. Uh, you know what, they, they they love their hockey. Like I said, if you're really to figure it out, probably about 20% of people, humble, come to come to the games. Uh, yeah,
0: can, can you so like I think that the the, uh, the gentleman that that's oversees the academics for the high school students like that's awesome that he has a connection to the sport because you know he understands what the kids are going through and, and I mean even if you're a coach you don't understand what you're getting as a player and, and know how to kind of work with them and operate and then obviously he knows the scheduling and stuff so and touching on like humble, like I've been all over North America, like scouting and recruiting and stuff like that. But for someone, you know, nothing crazy, but just, you know, for someone just describing what it's like, is it small town? Is there a little bit center of a downtown area? Like how is the, t- what does it look like for someone who's maybe coming from, you know, Texas or yeah. New Jersey or even Toronto, you know, it might yeah, be it's familiar. definitely a,
1: a, it would be a culture shock, right? It's a smaller, a smaller yeah. community but very tight-knit and, and they love their their Broncos hockey. it's about you know just under six thousand people uh we're about only in about an hour from from Saskatoon so it's good when you have players that are from the town if they need to go home at Christmas or family comes in it's uh it's really close to, from the airport and it's a neat, really easy drive and you don't have to worry about too much traffic uh, it's a big farming community in in, in Saskatchewan in general but uh, even in this area it's uh it, it's big but uh as i said it's it's a really community uh really tight community we uh believe in getting our players out in the community as much as possible they're they're involved in various activities and you know it's it's a it's a big thing for us to give back as much as as much as we can and i think a lot of players really have enjoyed it when they came came here from from all over the place and uh for example i think we we end up moving out a couple guys there last season and you know what just and they went to a lot bigger bigger uh cities per se. And and you know what, as soon as their season ends, they want to come back to Humboldt and visit with their billets and, and come watch our games and, and that, that speaks volumes for for our, our dressing room. And that's a big thing we tried to identify when we built that team there last summer is we wanted players who wanted to be here. And if some player wanted to try this and try that, well, you know what, we went on to the next guy and, and it's and it's built our dressing room and uh it's uh it's been a it's been a great way for us and it's something that I would, I would recommend to any any uh, coach or GM out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think too, like, I mean, outside of, uh, we'll get into recruiting a little bit later, but like you've had some great playing experiences. I mean, you had a chance to play in the NHL, you played across many different professional leagues. I mean, maybe, um, you know, there's a lot of coaches that are great coaches that have had big playing backgrounds and, and haven't. I mean, I guess, how, are th- how has that playing experience influenced your coaching style? I mean, obviously, you've had a chance to make it to the pinnacle of the NHL. And um, I guess to describe for, for maybe potential players interested or, or guys that don't know anything, but like to you, I guess if you were to describe humble
1: hockey and in, in, in your philosophy, you know, what does that look like? No, we play a pretty high tempo, in-your-face type of hockey. We we want to move the puck fast as we can. We want our our our, uh, our our deactivating as much as possible, but we want to move. We don't want to be overhandling the puck. We want to we want to get pucks pucks north fast as we can, and we don't want to turn down shots. I mean, we want guys battling at the nets all night, and I think for us, we want to just come. You know what? One, two, three, four lines as much as possible, and uh, you know it's worked well with us with. Uh, with, with the speed we, we played with and uh, obviously add, add some grit into to certain elements of your game and try to make a good, a good, good chemistry and bond within the, within the, within the lines. Right. And, and then for me, for me, uh, you know, a hockey, hockey's is a fast game and things happen fast. And uh, communication is a big thing that we really preach on and it doesn't matter if it's from, from, from novice or the NHL, you know, what some guys lack with lack on it. And like I said, we show a lot of video and uh, either it be NHL or one-on-one sessions or, or after our game, we try to mix it up as much as possible and not make it too long. And I find, you know, a big thing I learned is, is, is especially nowadays in this tech world we, we live in now, is, is these players don't want to sit there for 10, 25 minutes and just watch video. They kind of get tuned out. So if you can do short, sporadic uh, increments of it, I think it goes uh, goes a long way. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been successful for us
0: yeah I think I think that's really important. I mean, you understanding that because I mean we just talked to Matt Miller, who's a friend of mine from the Kings, and he's even he even said like at that level, it's get in, get out, you know, touch on what you need to for the day and and even some of the best college coaches that I know even talk about how you get better by learning a little bit every day, right You can't sit there yeah. and just handle them with an hour or two of information you know um yeah so And you guys, you know, you guys had a good season winning 28 games this year. I mean, what do you, what were some pillars of that that you think, uh, you know, obviously you had good players, good coaching philosophy, things like that. But is there anything that stood out as far as the types of kids you had or or character? I mean, did anything kind of help you think push you guys to that uh, one amount?
1: Yeah, I I think it goes back to like our recruiting was like, you know what, like I said, it it was basically we only had about three, four guys the SJ is usually an older league and, and we want to try something different. And uh, you know what, the, the, our board was on, on with it. And uh, you know what, it was, we knew it was going to be a lot of work for us as coaching staff, but it was when we, when we talked to kids and, and you know what, Oh, I want to play in this league or that league or that team. And you know, what, okay, we'll go to the next guy. Right. And you know, we had many kids sure. in the summer wanting to come out. No, sorry. You, you missed your opportunity. Right. But we have, yeah. we have like I said, we have, I think we have 10 players from, from uh, Saskatchewan. We have, seven from BC where most teams don't really have one or two and uh, it's worked really well. And, and guys realizing that they're getting uh, maybe more opportunity. And, and, uh, and we have, I think we have about three to four from Alberta and uh, one from Ontario. Right. But uh, it's, uh, we have a, a good, a good, a good, good base of, of, of good people. Right. And you have good people and it, it, it's uh for us, the biggest thing that helped us successfully last year, I think it was our practices, and it was our it was our compete level in the practices. Our older guys were making our younger guys better. Uh, we had Grayson Cameron, who who was in the tragic accident, didn't play the year before, but played last year. He was our captain, and guys just seeing his compete level every day, and for what he's been through, and uh, you know what? They say, if if he can work, why can't I? And and it, it's rubbed off from our. Our 16-year-olds, like our 16-year-olds, if we had free ice, they'd be on the ice for four hours at a time. So it kind of wakes some of the 17, 18, 19 guys up pretty quick. So I think it's good having that good mix of of young and old. And uh, I know when I was young and, and playing junior, you always looked up to some of the older guys. So I think it helped a lot.
0: Yeah, I think like you hitting on it, they offer each other something. And I think too, hitting on younger guys, and, I, and we'll get into a specific recruiting of older guys, but... Maybe just to start this piece with, with the SJHL draft for people that don't know what that Bantam draft is, kind of touch on,
1: you know, how it works and, and uh, you know, your approach to it. Yeah, so obviously they have – they have had the draft there about a month ago and uh, they do it yearly and it kind of helps balance the teams out instead of the same two or three teams getting all the basic prospects. So they do the same as the WHL draft. So this, this past year was the 2005 birth dates. And it's a six-round draft, and basically, the any any player who's not locally, you can draft. So if we have if there's kids from Humble, you can put them on a, a certain list. If there's a kid from Estevan, Estevan can put him on their protected list. So it's uh, it kind of makes uh, things a more even even uh, ground. And you know, you got teams in Flyn Flon, you got teams in Larron, you got teams in all different spots. So it kind of gives everybody a fair chance to kind of to kind of draft their players and. Uh, see what happens and, and you know what, obviously see them play midget hockey and then uh, hopefully one day play for your, for your program. And you know what, for us, it's uh, just getting out and, and watching as many games as possible. We have a, a big scouting staff uh, led by uh, Luke Struby's assistant GM. Uh, we try to have, we try to have scouts where, wherever, as many as possible, right? Different provinces. Obviously for this, we have about four scouts in Saskatchewan and it's a, uh, I think it's a great job the league has done with it. And, uh, obviously it's tough drafting kids that age, but, uh, hey, everybody's, everybody's in the same playing ground. So you got to kind of get, try to be better than the, the next.
0: Sure. Sure. And I guess moving into the older, you know, obviously filling your team year to year, I mean, what, what is your recruiting philosophy, what types of players are you looking for, human beings? Um, where are you guys getting players? Maybe touch on that landscape. I know it can change year to year and maybe just specifics of, you know, what, I know you're building a team with pieces, but. Maybe some general uh, baselines when you're looking at forwards and defensemen.
1: Yeah, for us, like I, I want. Obviously, you got two type of defense when you got either the ones that's mobile or kind of a, a stay at home. But I think all, all D can be can activate and, and and for me, it's it's making that first pass, not trying to beat three guys first. It's it's move the puck and jump right. And obviously, this year we had a lot of players that played midget hockey before, and, and there was a lot of teaching and, and getting them out of bad habits that they, they they've had growing up and that's no no disrespect to the coaches it's just they could do what they wanted with the pocket at, at that level and they're the top guys right so that's basically i want either going to be able to defend and or move that pocket and and be able to to jump in the rush and move and and like i said we want we want everybody activating as much as possible up front obviously hey obviously you want guys to be able to play defense and then you know what quicker we can get out of our D zone and play, play offense is, is important. And I want, we want guys that can, can think the game, but can also, obviously you either you have be able to skate, think, or be able to shoot that puck. Right. So it's uh, there's a lot of different things we look at and, and in the end, the biggest thing is, is, is the character of the kid. We we will we'll call two or three or even four different references about the kid and just make sure he's a, he's a good individual. Right. So that's sure. for us, uh you know what? I'll, I'll lean towards more of a, a good kid over some guy that's uh, going to be a going to be a handful here on a daily basis, right? And and it's a small community here, and and uh, you know what? It's uh, we have a lot a lot of eyes on us through social media, through everything, and and uh, the last thing is you want something someone or some player to to ruin the program doing something that uh, you didn't want happen. So that's a that's a big thing for us. We really believe on on good character kids, and then obviously, hey. Coachable kids is is a big thing as well
0: yeah, I think you you hitting on that theme, just you know having good guys in the locker room and obviously it's it's good culture, but I'm sure you also enjoy working with those types of kids day to day right It makes the experience a little bit better
1: yeah it, it's huge right just you can see their attention to detail, you put the video on they're focused in, and uh, like I said we get once a week we have a, we have an early practice here because they do ice maintenance and you know what? Seven in the morning, you can see these guys are ready to go. Right? It's just uh, they're at, they're at a different uh, level than than other guys, and they want to get better. Right? And and for me, it's I tell the guys it's not only hockey; it's it's about being a better person. Right? And become a better person, then hey, you have a great chance of playing hockey as well. Right? So it's uh, you know what you gotta you gotta look at both sides of it, and uh, you know what? Hey, we all love to play in the NHL, but just uh, the reality is it's not. Uh, not not as uh, easy as everyone thinks it may be right and uh, the sure, numbers yeah. are uh, are lower than than possible. hey you what you have a lot of opportunities now to get a get a university degree uh, go on play major junior or, or whatnot
0: um so yeah i mean I, it's kind of last thing on the recruiting like obviously there's americans coming up to the sghl more and more i mean i guess What's your approach on, on, you know, American players? Where do you kind of – is there a scouting presence? Are you guys being fed players? Do you guys make any trips down to the States? I guess for any possible U.S. players that might be interested, what, what is that process besides them coming to camp randomly that might open up an opportunity to see if it's a fit for both sides?
1: Yeah, obviously we have some people in the States obviously identifying, identifying talent as much as, as we can. We, we can carry up to six Americans which is good. And I think many teams do last year. We had a couple at the beginning. And I think the year before we had a a couple as well Uh, right now with everything that's going on with the COVID it's kind of tough for us. And obviously we don't have many, many spots available this, this coming year, but I know obviously the next year we're going to be, we're going to be down open right up again with, with probably 10, 12 spots at least available. Right. And for me, it's, it's the best player and best people, right. It's, it's not only Canadians, it's Americans. Right. And, and, uh, and for me, it's it's just getting the, the the right people in the right spots, and that's uh, it's just plugging the right holes and, and finding the right people. And I think I think hey, it's a great opportunity for for Americans to play in our league because you know what you're not you're not playing in the North American League where you're where it's just against other other Americans. Where you come down here and have a great year, well, a U.S. college sees you, and there's not a lot of Americans in the league. I think it's you have a lot better chance of getting one of those scholarships, right? So I think it's a Obviously, if not, you can play in CIS, which is a – I believe it's just a – it's like a 1B of, of D1 hockey. And then obviously, hey, obviously D3 drops down, but still, hey, it's, it's, you get your education and play hockey at the same time.
0: So, so yeah, I mean, you, you've obviously, too, besides helping kids move on to college and, and having Americans, Canadians, you know, you have that mix you said. I, I think what would be interesting to hear from you, at least your perspective – you know, what is the biggest adjustment for maybe a 16, 17-year-old coming to the league compared to, you know, an 18, 19, 20-year-old, you know, as far as their first year junior? What, what kind of adjustment do you see for those, you know, two groups of ages?
1: I think the biggest thing is the, is the physical ability, right? It's, when you're playing as 19, 20-year-olds, it's a big difference when you're 16-years-old, right? You've got to be able to really think that game fast and then obviously keep up with the pace, right? And that's uh, the little things and the attention to detail goes such a long way. And that's, I tell guys, the, the better you can be responsible defensively, the better chance you have of making this team as a younger player, right? Obviously, your other talent is going to take over eventually, but the little attention to detail, chipping pucks out, uh, communicating, uh, tying your man up, commu- you know what, just, you know, tracking the puck back, those, those little things that are going to separate you from other players that maybe just think they're just skating around trying to score goals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you find, I mean, obviously you guys get kids from different types of midget programs and stuff. Do you find that you get some kids that have no idea about a lot of those little details that, that make a huge difference and so other kids come from programs where maybe they're, they're a little bit better run and, and better coached where their transitions
1: a little easier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. It, it, uh and it's tough, right. They probably get a couple practices a week and, and they got so you know let's say eighteen to twenty players, and they're trying to get their systems in place, but also teach at the same time. And they might not have the video ability that that maybe we have here, or they do at major junior or 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 whatnot, right? So like, the the habits for me was 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 one big big thing last year. We had, I said probably, fifteen players that played midget hockey before, right? And so it's it was a it was a one where you had to keep drilling it into them that, Hey, I don't need you to be the guy that carried the puck. end to end I don't need you to, you know what, the more you can use your, use your teammates around you, the better you're going to be as a, as a player, right. And, and the better we'll be successful as a team. And the more successful your team is the better opportunity you have going forward for your scholarship or your major junior or your CIS. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing. And that's no disrespect to the midget coaches because they got a, a lot of them are donating, uh, you know, their time and, uh, and it's uh, it's not easy when you only have a few ice sessions a week
0: yeah and I, I think the other thing too is just the reality of midget hockey i mean obviously there's teams that are top in the country and they're loaded with talent but i would say a majority of them have those three or four guys and that guy that you might have on Humboldt, you know he's used to being the guy who's scoring 100 points and 50 goals and, and whatever and then he gets to junior hockey and he's and he doesn't need to be that guy right like he's still a yeah. very good player but it's not yeah. the running
1: gun and whoever he wants. Uh, do you see a lot of that? Yeah, like we 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 had a guy last year. I'm not going to name a name, but you know he came to us and he was he's from BC and and you know he he got great hands, skates well. Uh, just just was so used to just doing what he wanted with the puck, and he'd overhandle the puck instead of he'd make those two or three moves instead of just making one move and shoot the puck. And I believe second half of the year, it kind of kept. It finally caught on, and I think he was the, the top, he had the most goals second half of the year in in our in our league right so it's just uh, it's crazy how just the, the video and showing them and, and and teaching them and showing them maybe NHL guys doing it doing it the right way right and and maybe somebody sure. else the wrong way, not just him right so it's uh it's, it's they need to see it right they they can't be told these guys nowadays they're they're really smart the athletes nowadays. And for me, you got to be able to coach them. You got to know their mentality first before you can kind of coach them.
0: I think too, like, you know, obviously everything we're talking about is, you know, understanding the person you're getting, uh, the program. I think what, what type of advice would you have for a player going through that decision process of picking a junior organization, a junior league, Um, I'm big on, look, if you, you know, hockey is a big part of what you're doing, but if you like where you're going to be living, if you like the coach, if you like the support staff, it's going to give you a better experience and it's going to, you're probably going to get more out of it. I mean, what kind of advice would you have for someone going
1: through that decision-making process? My biggest thing, and, you know, I talked to a few universities too, and some guys already have scholarships and they have a couple years of junior left. And I think the biggest thing is to go to a program where you're going to develop as a person and as a player, right, and that doesn't mean That doesn't mean, it could be anywhere. It could be in Northern Ontario. It could be in Alberta. It could be in Saskatchewan. I think if you're playing for the right person and right coach and right organization, you have a good chance of developing. And that's the the biggest thing. Just pick a a spot where you feel that you're going to develop as a, one, as a person, two, as a hockey player, And three, maybe have a good chance to win as well. But I think you want to, you want somewhere where you're going to have an opportunity to develop. That's a big one for me and, and, uh, and a coach that wants to push you to the next level. Not just happy to have you around for, for four years in junior.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really important. I mean, it's, and it's also, like I said, you're, you're just like all the other guys you've had on just do your homework, look into it, you know, know you're going to trust in the, in the staff because uh, if there's no trust there or start to build that relationship, then it's probably not going to be match for either side
1: uh but yeah that's, I think, that's too, I, I really, go ahead go ahead no i was just saying like i know the biggest thing for me when i got involved with coaching is that i want to be 100 honest to the kids and, and straightforward and because so i know how much how many times some of these guys have been been uh, been told lies or bs here and there and uh that's the biggest thing if you can be straightforward these these guys you get a lot and that's one big thing that kind of worked our way as well. And, hey, I want to see guys, if they want to play at Major Junior, hey, I'll, I'll push you to Major Junior. I want to see you be better. Hey, I want to move up. You know, everybody should want to move up to the, to the next level, you know, and that's the, the biggest thing. And and we're not here to hold guys back. And, hey, if, if you're ready to move on, hey, we, we have a plan for you, and we'll move you on to the, to the next level.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. And it's it just gets back to it, like, you guys doing it for the right reasons, the right, you know, the right support, the right ownership, obviously, a really good community. Um, And like I said, I really, I really appreciate you coming on and and just kind of telling us what Humboldt's all about, because I'm, you know, obviously you've heard about it. I mean, a lot of people heard about it because of the tragedy, but um, I I think people don't really understand like, you know, what it's all about and what the league is all about. And I think we got a lot out of that today. And I'm excited for people to listen to this and and at least, you know, maybe it piques some players interest to possibly come up there and play their, their, you know, junior career uh, before they kind of get to college. So um, I kind of just want to give you the last word. If there's anything you want to throw out there, uh, how players if they're interested, having get touch with you. Anything you want to add about decision making process with
1: juniors or or anything at all? I kind of just throw it at you. Oh yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, hey, I'm always always available. You can find my email on on our site, and and uh, you know the biggest thing, like I said, I said. So one, the, the player's got to put the work in, right, and that's the biggest thing. The, play, the player is going to get himself to the to the to the next level, right? Obviously, the advisor's there to help him out and guide him in the right areas. But in the end, the player's got to put the work in, and, and and that's the biggest thing. If you can work harder than the guy beside you, then then you have a good good opportunity because also those habits will help you later in life if it's not hockey, right? And and just just in the reality of, of getting jobs or into the workforce. But you know what, junior hockey is the best four years of, of your life. So so. Enjoy it as much as you can and, and, and get better and, uh, and wishing all the, the guys the best. And, the, and if people love to come to Humboldt, hey, we're definitely always listening and looking.
0: Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate it, Colby. You take care. Thanks for everyone listening today. This has been the Paragon Sports Consulting Podcast. Please uh, check us out at paragonsportsconsulting.com. Uh, or across social media platforms, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, at Paragon Athlete. Again, that's at Paragon Athlete. Uh, We look forward to uh, having you guys listen uh, uh, with our next episode. Be safe.